Welcome to the Witches and Wine audio experience. like a Priscilla Presley, but like not super black hair, but just like <laughs> right when she married Elvis Presley. Hello everybody, Chawan here. And today I am with Joshua Burkhardt. He is a life coach, a hypnotherapist, and an astrologer. And I am so interested to talk to him today because it's not very often that you find somebody who can combine astrology and hypnosis. I have never really heard of anybody else using hypnosis to work with astrology. Um, so yeah. I guess the first question is, how did that even come about? I've never heard of it either. So I was already, I was doing life coaching and hypnosis. Um, and I took a course and you interviewed her uh, with Rachel um, from Aeolian Heart. And so I took her discovery course and she, we were working on uh, talismans and, and it's all about bringing in that energy and like holding it symbolically, right? In this, uh, in this physical space. And I was like, whoa, that's very similar to hypnosis practices of symbolic um, metaphor and storytelling. So like there's, there are kind of different levels of hypnosis. One in you just give um, suggestions. I use this a lot. And it's just like, you're, you eat healthy, great food, right? Like you just put out suggestions when a person's in a very hypnotized state. Another one is called Ericksonian, um, hypnosis and you use symbols and you use metaphors and you use storytelling. So I've always loved mythology. I've always loved the storytelling aspect. We can do that. We can just put that into the unconscious. Um, and let those archetypes and the planets like work from the inside out. Uh, and so I started testing it. <laughs> I had my guinea pigs and started testing it. Mm -hmm. And it worked really, really, really well. When you are testing it, are you talking about first you would look at somebody's natal chart and maybe if you saw like a challenging relationship between the planets, you would do hypnosis on that? So for me, I did that, right? I looked at natal charts and then I did um, hypnosis based off of the planets that I really needed to bring some help to, right? And whenever I read natal charts, I really look at it like from a life coach perspective of like, okay, here are the challenges and difficulties, where are your allies, and what are some actionable things that you can do to shift this around? And then what I do typically is I record it, if I have the luxury of waiting, I record it on a time that's very well aspected, um, just like you would with an amulet, creating an amulet, um, or creating a talisman. So I kind of, I have a few different modalities now. If I'm working with a person's chart, I will do a hypnosis based off that. But I also do like seasonal hypnosis or like, hey, um, like Ven when Venus was in Pisces, I made one just for like everybody to be able to be able to work with that Venus and Pisces energy. I know my nail chart and I definitely have difficult aspects. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for those of you who are not sure what aspects means, it means the relationship that the planets have with each other in your chart. For example, 
I have an opposition between Sun and Moon, Mars and Saturn. That's a rough placement all on its own, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a grand cross in my in my chart. Um, so it's like all like it's just the moon is opposed to Mars, Venus is opposed to um, Neptune and Saturn and Uranus, um, and she's conjunct Chiron. And so things really didn't shift around. Like I kept going in circles until I started doing my more Aquarian um, social work, right? Started helping people and started creating more visions and putting it out there. I normally sit and I meditate. I'm like, hey, planets, like what's going on oh, here? Oh, so you meditate uh, and you actually see the planets on the natal chart as like um living spirits i feel like for a lot of astrologers um there are like hours that go into a natal chart reading right mm -hmm. so what my practice is is the night before like i memorize the chart i memorize where every planet is and what sign um because i do a lot of work with the unconscious and so i'm like before i go to bed i want this like in there and i only do i only allow myself to do one reading a day so i can do this full process um and then um, I'll take like an hour or so to really look at the aspects a lot. Um, and then I'll sit down and I'll just start chatting and be like, okay, Virgo moon, what's up with you in the fourth house? Cause she's at home, right? She's at home. So she, in her house, so she can like that Saturn is, um, that's a difficult house placement for him. Um, so we would probably go into like, hey, what were relationships with authority figures? What were relationships particularly maybe with fathers? Um, and how do you feel you were nurtured as a child? Virgo's obsessive, like detail-oriented things that can maybe stress you out. Um, and then look at shifting around mindsets around those things and then behavioral tools that you can use around those things like keeping your task list small right um for virgo celebrating successes and putting booking time for you to actually be able to rest right and put like putting that as part of like the calendar and part of your task list is like okay let's rest let's like do these other things that virgo sometimes as being so productive especially if saturn's in there too and how is this different than positive self-talk and law of attraction sort of thinking. How is hypnosis different from these things? We did a lot of weight loss. So it would be like, I want to eat healthy. I want to like make time for exercise. But then they have all these codependent relationships where they have no time for themselves. They're taking care of everybody else. And like that wasn't being addressed. So when we're able to look at more dynamic figures and archetypes in there and see their interconnection, um, it really just helps. Yeah. like. A lot of people who do carry excess weight, a lot of it is based upon yeah. a lot of the relationships they have and a lot about self-care. Yeah. So if you ignore that, eventually the weight's going to come back, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's why, that's, so my main, like, my main practice with life coaching, we do like everything from the hypnosis to the nutrition to looking at relationships. Um, and it's crazy how much, once you start to look at like the side things, because the brain is so tunnel visioned, right? The brain, if we're making a change, the brain is like, my change is like weight loss or my change is like stopping that third glass of wine at night, right? Like that was something people would come to me a lot with. Um, or my change is like cigarettes. And then it just focuses in on that and it misses all the side pieces, all those holistic pieces. So like one of my favorite illustrations 
it was Scorpio, and so people were telling their secrets. Like It was Scorpio season. I was working at Positive Changes, and literally in one week, I had five different women coming, all of which were on, like, weight loss programs. I think one was on an anxiety program. Um, and they were all like, I, I've been trying to quit drinking that third, fourth glass of wine at night. Like, I can't figure it out. I've been wrestling with this for years, right? Um, and they had tried everything, like get rid of all the wine or like do this practice, do that practice. When we broke it down, all of these women were very successful women working like 12 hour days. They oftentimes skipped meals in order to work more. They were starving when they got home. So their blood sugar is really low and they were super freaking tired. Right? So the body is going to be like, wine's got blood sugar. Like that's great. I'm stressed. Wine's going to relax me. That's fantastic. Um, and I'm tired. And so we don't really have the brain's portion of the self-control, the frontal lobes, like whatever. I take it back, like taking a break, like the hippocampus and amygdala can take over right here, right now. And so they would just go immediately to the wine bottle. And it made sense. Once we switched things up, we made sure they ate, like, um, they ate their lunch and also had a small protein snack before their drive home. Um, so that their blood sugar is level. They came home and they took either a power nap or they did like five minutes of a meditation to release stress and to rest. Every single one of them stopped drinking that wine at night. Like it all shifted for them. So the awesome thing about the astrology piece is sometimes it's very hard to dig into a person's life enough by seeing the behaviors because there's things that like, old conditionings they don't even remember, right? Like, or they don't think is affecting their lives right now. And the astrological chart is like, like my way of being able to cheat and be like, oh, okay, wait, what about this placement right here? That sounds like maybe you have some, like, some challenges and difficulties here. And they're like, oh, I never would have even thought to tell you about that. So it's a cool, it's just such an amazing way to see into that inner realm that sometimes can be very hard to see into. You know what that reminds me of? Um, recently, Rachel of Alien Heart mm -hmm. and I, we did, um, we analyzed Kanye West's natal chart. Oh, nice. Sun in Gemini is in the 12th house. What does that seem to suggest? So people with 12th house emphasis tend to feel no matter what happens to them in life, no matter how successful they become, they feel ostracized and isolated. And the thing is, is that Kanye is a lot deeper than most people mm -hmm. give him credit for, according to his chart. It is sort of like a cheat sheet. You know, you can figure yourself mm -hmm. out. Jung and Freud had the luxury, typically when they worked with people, they worked with them for like an hour or two every single day for like months at a time, if not years. I, I can't even imagine how transformative that would be for a person because I'm doing like an hour a week with people. I'm curious to know how you got into astrology because it sounds like you have a good grounding in the practical arts, you know, life coaching and hypnosis is definitely something that the medical field feels yeah. is helpful to a wide range of like physical and emotional sort of issues. Yeah. I know a lot of um, war vets, they get hypnosis and it's very helpful for them. Yeah. I'm sure your average general practitioner would be like, oh yeah, hypnosis, I'm all about that. But then astrology is like out there. Yeah, yeah. So I got Jupiter Gemini in the first house, right? So I've always wanted to bring in as much information as possible. Um, and then I 
I had my own, so I have uh, a diagnosis for bipolar. So I was raised super conservative Christian. Uh, my dad's a pastor, right? So spirituality was, or not spirituality, religion was a big part of our life. Um, and when I finally like got to college, I had always loved like myths and other things. It's just purely kind of like lore and storytelling. And it was like so rich and deep, but it was, it was, it didn't work in our Christian paradigm, right? So it was just something to know, right? Um, but when I got into college and I kind of had a mental break, like there is just so much trauma happening uh, with family um, and a whole bunch of different stressors. And I was com like, I was coming to terms with my own um, like queer identity too at the same time. Um, all that broke down and I just started like looking into other spiritual traditions, looking into other practices, like uh, researching like everything I could get my hands on essentially. Um, and so that's really where like in that mix of working with like pagan traditions and shamanism and like other um, calendars, I work a lot with like the Roman calendar, like astrology kept on coming up over and over and over again. And then I would see like this actually, all these descriptions make sense, right? And kind of like start slowly getting introduced in that. And then it was for a few years, it was like, okay, cool. Like I get some of these descriptions of Leo's, I'm a Leo, right? Like I get them of my friends. Um, I was obsessed with personality tests, Myers-Briggs, all that. So it was just one more way of like looking into that. And then my Leo got kicked into high gear when a friend was like, oh, I have no idea how to read my chart. And I was like, well, I know a little bit about some of these things, right? And she loved it. And we we're going on a camping trip in a couple months. And I was like, I'm just going to learn everything. <laughs> and I'm going to read all my friend's charts. And I literally like stayed up studying for like six hours a night for the next like three months straight like every single day and just like devoured as much information i also got mercury virgo um as i could and just get it in there and it was hilarious because i ended up reading her chart and she was like that was great and then like no one else wanted their charts to be read but suddenly <laughs> here i am with all of this stuff and so i just kept going with it um which is nice because otherwise at gemini jupiter first house it's said to be in its fall, right? Jupiter and Gemini, because it's just like all over the place. But when you can work with them and you can sit there and you can be like, okay, Jupiter, like where are your allies? Let's rein this in. Now I'm able to practice like five different modalities, but bring them all in together, right? Um, and it can become your strength. Like you're the weakest parts of your chart, like, or whatever, the most challenging can become your greatest strengths once you start to really work with them. I love that mindset. And I think a lot of people are afraid to get their charts read because they don't want to be told that they're losers. And they think, oh, you know, like the first time that I learned yeah. that I had these two oppositions in my chart, I was like, well, yeah. I'm fucked. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I felt really bummed out, like super bummed out. What are some mm. practical things that people can do? Um, to help make that into a, a strength. For instance, one of the things that's going to be big there is Mars and Pisces. Like you have, to, you're going to want to definitely have to be creating, right? You have to be dreaming in order to really harness that um, 
that energy, right? Like that's going to be what creates passion and it's going to be what creates energy and it's going to be what creates action. Um, so if you're looking like, and I think you're already doing this here, right? With your, um, with your work of creating these videos with your, like with these, um, creative projects that you're doing, that's going to be the way to make your Mars happy. Um, I would then be looking at other aspects of like how to aid that. And even if it's a rough aspect sometimes, right, even if it's a square, um, you can still like kind of channel energy in that direction. Yours is in the 10th house, right? So it is, it's a matter of your presentation to the world. Like the more you're able to embrace that Pisces dreaminess, the more that like, and just flow with that where you go, the more Mars is going to be happy. And that is the place that Saturn naturally rules. So Saturn, that, that is like a back, um, that's almost a back door to Saturn, right? He's opposed to Mars right now, but Mars is hanging out in his house. So if you're able to really bring out that Pisces, like, um, in the way you present yourself, right? In the way, um, that you create, in the way that you dream, allowing yourself between, because Virgo might be very, like, task oriented right and be like okay here's my task list every like i've got the entire day blocked out like calendar wise um pisces is going to need that time to dissolve between each one of those tasks so those that can be a great um remedy there right because virgo is in order to be feel comfortable in order to be at home she's going to want to have her like to, like have things arranged but programming like planning those times between like this is something i've had to work on and this is something i've had to work on with a ton of clients is we'll book things back to back to back part of the natural cycle is that pisces ending where you just let yourself slip into relaxation daydream a little bit between each thing like book yourself for an hour here give yourself a half hour off there and just like go full on out Pisces, like daydream, listen to your music, like let yourself unwind and let like that energy just kind of flow and then come back to the next task. And that can create its own rhythm that keeps both Mars and Pisces happy and Virgo and Saturn, both kind of like taskmaster-ish uh, entities, um, happy in the fourth. There's also typically a lot of back and forth. So how does that sound to you? Like what comes up yeah. to you in your own um, practices or? That makes perfect sense to me. And I love how you were able to take that difficult aspect and be like, well, you know what? If you, right now, Saturn is not in its most comfortable place, but if it's serving that 10th house, like Mars mm -hmm. um, and Pisces, then all of a sudden, like where Saturn's really good at, then yeah. it can actually be like, oh, you know, like I'm uncomfortable here, but if I serve you, then it becomes more comfortable. So I really yeah. like how all of a sudden that's sort of like bummed out, like, oh my God, it's an opposition, you know? Yeah. That sort of mindset has shifted. It's like, oh, wait a second. Yeah. Now it literally can be a strength because I may have Saturn in another house, but Saturn, like you mentioned, it's sort of like in its rulership in the 10th house, right? It's like mm -hmm. right there. So maybe this isn't so bad, you know, maybe having yeah. that fourth house Saturn, it's like the backdoor sort of way into having Saturn be like doing yeah. its thing. Yeah. That's a really big mind shift. And I think that could help people be like, oh, you know, like those who are a little bit, um, 
sketch about getting their charts read because they're like, yeah. I don't want to learn anything bad. <laughs> Everything can be changed. Everything can yeah. be shifted. Exactly. And that is a huge part of like why I mainly just focus more so on like natal charts than necessarily doing like all the transits. But it does require that mind shift because I like I've had so many people come to me and be like, Oh, I like want you to tell me what's gonna happen in my career and like in my relationships. I like I don't do that. Like I'm going to like we're gonna dig in, we're gonna look at the like the patterns that have established in relationships and your relationship to work and we will dig in there and we will figure out solutions for you. And they're unsure at first, but by the end of the session, they're like, yes, <laughs> like I have like, I know like how to change this now instead of just like, oh, is this relationship gonna blow up on me or be like happy ever after? I just wanna keep underlining that part. I mean, just because your chart says something that, you know, mm -hmm. you read in an astrology book that this is difficult yeah. or this is like a really bad thing or, Oh my yeah. God, you know, it's in the fall, you know, like, mm -hmm. or it's like in its detriment, it can be shifted. And yes. like the tools that you use, hypnosis and life coaching, it can help shift it so that it becomes yeah. a strength. Exactly. And like, otherwise you do, you end up with your own self-fulfilling prophecy where it's like, oh, I'm just not good at relationships or I'm just not good at work. So I'm not going to like, I'm just going to not make much money my whole life, right? Or like whatever it is that the story becomes. And then that story, every story we tell ourselves really does. It hypnotizes us a little bit, which is where like positive affirmations and mantras come from, is it's a way of doing a different, more positive self-hypnosis, right? Personally, I also see that as a very ethical um, challenge to astrologers, that when you are presenting um, a reading, to present it in a way that gives power to the um to the native that's what it's always called right gives power to the native the person who's trying to reading to and doesn't put it into this very like strict um this is your fate because you're kind of binding them into that and that's i don't i don't like that <laughs> just because you are a sign or you have certain aspects you don't mm have to be in that stereotype you don't have to fulfill yeah. that i mean it's a snapshot it's like a map of like mm -hmm. where your life you know like the energies are you know saying this mountain is probably a little bit more snowy you know the water is yeah. here a little bit more choppy whatever yeah you know that now you know to bring a poncho now you know yeah. to bring like a motor <laughs> in your rowboat so exactly. that's the benefit of it yeah yeah for me because that grand cross what i was able to see is how that was just a map of my bipolar episodes. It was just a map of like, this is where you get triggered and this like kind of Venus like energy of like, my Venus is in cancer. So she wants to just be loved and taken care of. And whenever there's that like sensation of like rejection that comes from like childhood trauma and stuff, cause she's conjunct Chiron, that's what triggers Libra to get super socially anxious and like my Libra moon and just like, wanting to balance things, but always feeling out of balance. And it just worked its way around the chart until it ended in my Mars Aries, which is just like, rah, like, like just fizzing out there. And once I was able to see that, like it became a lot easier than when I was having those social anxiety experiences, when I was having those kind of super strong emotional experiences to be like, oh, this is just your grand cross, right? <laughs> like I hear you Venus, I hear you moon, 
we're actually fine. Like, that person doesn't hate me. You're just super easily triggered. Um, no. And then use other methods, like breathing, getting into my body, releasing the narrative, releasing the storytelling, using, like, tactile sensations to, like, air um, essential oils, love frankincense. Um, using these other things to navigate those spaces. Have you used hypnosis with your natal chart to make shifts? Yes. Yeah. Um, in fact, I just finished a new hypnosis uh, off of that, like, what, two or three days ago that I've been listening to. Um, and I do, I like it. It's changed my relationship. Like, when I first, so I had, like, Venus, and I have Venus, Chiron, Conjunct. And what was interesting coming into hypnosis and working with, um, especially with, or not hypnosis, astrology, um, is all my kind of stories in my head about Venus growing up and stuff as this mythological figure. Um, she always felt like a jealous mother to me, which is weird because that doesn't fit really her mythos, right? Like that's not really what she is, but she's in my life in my, and this was way before I knew my chart. She is, she's in the sign of a mother cancer and she is squared to my moon in Libra and she is um, conjunct Chiron and part of this grand cross. So whenever the stories like a mythos or my writings, like creative writings would come through, she was always this kind of like jealous mother who didn't want me to be able to receive love or fall in love. Um, and then once I started work, I was like, that's just not really who Venus is. Like, that's just this wounded part, this karma wounded part. Um, I was able to, through hypnosis, really start to shift my relationship. And I also take this into spiritual practices too, right? I take it into prayer. I take it into other rituals and stuff. Um, but that whole process, now I'm like, Hey, Venus mama, like, I love you. <laughs> like, and I do, I feel like the love back and it's like, we're good. Like we're good. Cause for me, she is always going to have that kind of, um, cancer lunar flare to her, um, that mother flare. Um, but it really did. It shifted particularly with Venus and then Mars has also been a very difficult, um, aspect. It was cool. Cause very, very early on when I was studying hypnosis, I, I had a dream where it kind of illustrated a lot of the very difficult patterns of codependency, social anxiety, and addiction that I had. And it was like, and the dream very clearly illustrated, like, these have been challenges. You've had a lot of problems overcoming. And, like, the cure to this was this, like, hypnotic script. You mentioned you told your clients mm -hmm. who were drinking the wine, too much wine, you know, yeah. like, uh, eat and take, you know, have a protein snack before you drive back home. So that's mm. very, like, that seems like really good practical advice. But when yeah. do you go into the hypnosis? So how we would deal with that in hypnosis would be a combination of storytelling around the archetypes, right? So, for instance, with this in a chart, let's just say, like, uh, we're trying to strengthen self-control, so we'll be working with Saturn and the symbology of Saturn. Or Mar if it's a time where Mars is transiting or, like, pushing through Capricorn, right? Like, we could, like, it just was. Um, we could kind of anchor that energy and there and then use that just like you would a talisman at other parts of the year when we're looking for self-mastery practices. 
Um, and then on top of that, if this is like a me working one-on-one -on -one with a client, right? Like I do custom hypnosis. So I would also just be interlacing that with like the practical suggestions of like, you eat every three to four hours to keep your blood sugar going and like you eat protein and you take your nap when you get home from work, right? Key pieces of hypnosis is it does make change easier. It makes behavioral change easier. It does help you emotionally process things. Um, and on top of it all, our bodies are so wired these days, right? Like we work way longer than we ever evolved to work, right? Like we're always constantly having to be focused. Like neurochemically, like we run out of neurochemicals because we're like, I've been using all my acetylcholine all day focusing on this thing, right? Um, so there's ways to work with that with nutrition, but also just allowing your brain to enter into those deep, deep relaxed states. Like whether you're making suggestions or not, right? Just the fact hypnosis lets you get there is massively powerful and restorative. Like they've shown that with like cancer treatment and with like, like, um, disease recovery, like even without the suggestions, like just being in that relaxed state lets the body heal and like, and let the chemicals come down, right? And let it all get restored. Just the hypnosis itself will help. And then once you plug in the suggestions and then you do the archetypal work, it's even better on top of all of that. The way that you treat it, not just like a regular non-magical uh, hypnotherapist who would just be like, make mm -hmm. a recording and that's it. You're treating it like a talisman. So yeah. there is that element, that additional element of using astrology to mm -hmm. naturally make it even that much more amplified or stronger and yeah. putting that energy into the actual recording. And it was inspired by working with Rachel and working and seeing like, okay, this is like, we could do this process that I'm already, like I'm already doing, but just infuse it here with um with this work with the planets and it fits so well into my own spiritual tradition so i'm able to bring about my own practice and relationship with the planets you mentioned the aquarian energy that you brought forth to help you mm. with your natal chart yeah and aquarian energy is often seen as the energy of the i guess the social warrior you know mm. the person who's trying to help society yeah. And we're in Pride Month right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, like, what was your journey in taking that Aquarian energy and how it helped you heal? For me, it really was a matter of having to own my, having to publicly own my, um, all my, my, Aquarianness, right? All my, like, my, oh, my freak flag. Um, I had been working, yeah, right? <laughs> um, I had been working with people on the side. So I worked at Positive Changes, which was a very, like, it was great how many people were able to help, but it was a very um, standardized, you use, like, this script, you do this thing, you, like, work with people like that. And I actually left because I butted heads, and I was like, we can do so much more for these people, and we're not and you're charging them insane amounts of money to do it. And so, and I had been working with people on the side, but I was absolutely terrified um, to 
come out about this work publicly um, because my family is all conservative Christian, right? Like they really do, like, I tell them I do hypnosis and they're like, you're opening the door to the devil. And I'm like, okay. Like I tell them like I do Reiki and they're like, we don't want any of that devil work. Um, and they, my immediate family still interacts with me. They still love me, but like they don't want to talk about any of that stuff. And it's particularly rough because they have a lot of trauma and they have a lot. And I'm always just like, we can fix this. We can heal this. Like I have five clients who I just did this with. Um, but they don't. And so that, it was another coming out process, right? In um, college, I came out to them about um, being queer and for with that pride um, to my immediate family um, to mixed results. Like two siblings were like, I love you. It's all good. One went and ran away for a moment. Another threw up. Like <laughs> My family had an immediate debate about um, whether or not I was going to hell. Uh, and so I just like, I had that, right? And then I came out to my friends who were much more supportive. And I it took years for me to come out to the extended family. And then with, um, I live, I don't know how international the audience is, um, but I live in America. And so with this last election, the day of elections, I was like, fuck it. Like my family members voted for this person. Like a lot of them did. I don't think it's many of my immediate family, but a lot of my other family members are supportive of like whatever this person is as president. Um, I don't give a shit what they think anymore. (laughs) And I like made a post about like, like to my extended family, like I am queer. Like I have, like right now I'm partnered um, with a woman, but I've been with men before. Like I'm owning this, like we're entering into this time now where obviously there's going to be more oppression. Like I'm not going to stand by and be like the guy who can get by because I have, I am in a relationship with a woman. Like I'm owning this, I'm owning this identity. Um, and we all need to be able to stand up because it's it is a hard political time, um, and it's a hard social time. Um, and that coming out is really what launched my business because once it was like, okay, I don't care um, about how you guys see me. Like I'm gonna be who I am. Then I was able to start talking about like my hypnosis and start talking about. Um, my mental health more and start talking about these other pieces that are related to the work that I do. And then there was like a few months later, I was working with a, um, a business coach and she's like, you got to share this astrology stuff that you do. Cause I would just do it with the clients who were like, I knew were open to it. Um, and that became its another coming out process. So like, it's been like, okay, sexuality, um, alternative healing therapies and then like magic <laughs> you know it really like that, that Aquarian air really was just owning all those quirks and putting it out there at that midhaven and putting it out there for everyone to see that's to me what pride month that energy is about i mean people make it all about the sexuality but i think it's really about when people say let your freak flag fly they're saying yeah. let's just be you Right? Yeah. It's like actually owning who you are authentically, even if society says that you're crazy, you're, you know, going to go to hell, whatever it is. It's like saying, well, this is me. And if I'm truly being myself, how can that be wrong? Yeah, exactly. And having that be part of that connection, like the thing, one of the things I really love to um, talk about with astrology is that we have like 
pop astrology, right? Mm -hmm. So Aquarius becomes like the social warrior or the like inventor or the artist, right? Like the like the outsider. And like that presents in a lot of personalities, right? But like and it's kind of more spiritual side. Like it's really it's related back to like the prophet, right? It is like a way of the divine speaking through and giving feedback to society. Like I like to think of it as like Capricorn. Uh, I work a lot with the Jewish tradition. So Capricorn's like Moses. He comes down. He's like, here's your rules for society. Great. That's going to go awesome. And then Aquarius are like all the prophets who come after. And they're like, this shit doesn't work. Like, right? We need to shift it here. We need to change it here. Like let's, but they're part, they're part of that, that cosmic voice that is like speaking and speaking this truth that leads then into Pisces where you're able to just like be one with it all. It'd be like, yes, I'm one with this divine flow. Like it is fantastic. We're all intermingled and, and, and it's, and it's great. Um, and so really being able to like own that expression, like this is who I am and so I need to just be out there and be proud about it. But it's like, this is who I am. And like, that is how all the miracles of the universe existing have come to fulfill this, this character who is able to just express themselves and be in this moment and be like quirky and weird and whatever it is that society is calling us. Um, but just be that and manifest it and you're able, you're, you're creating a new experience for the universe to be able to like live out. Like that's freaking awesome. Modern astrology for decades was pretty homophobic. Um, so if you're looking at some of the, like the most famous writers out there, like at best they have like, they're like, Oh, well, this weird Uranus placement creates a neuroses. That is why they represent as um, queer or gay or whatever it is. And it becomes like a mental health thing that comes from your chart. Um, so it really is a frontier for like queers and like queer allies to, or LGBTQ and LGBTQ allies to dive into astrology and be like, this isn't a freaking mental health like thing. Like this is you and you're fucking awesome. And like, let's look at the way the rest of the chart works on how, like you said, like how are you going to come out to your family? How are you going to interact with society? That is such an amazing point that you bring up. Cause until you mentioned that I didn't really make that connection, but yeah, mm. Astrology, just from what I've read, it seems to be very cis hetero, <laughs> yeah, know, like not queer friendly. I mean, you yeah. got Mars and you've got Venus, and it was just sort of like, well, woman, man, yeah, you know, yeah. So, exactly. how to take that to um, make it more inclusive to, yeah. to all of us? That does seem like a very pioneering field. You have to be able to read the chart in a queer manner, right? You have to be able to hold the chart and let it not speak to you all of the old ways of conditioning and all the old societal expectations and be like, that's a weakness and that's a strength and make your check marks. Um, or that is a man representing the male relationships and that is representing your female relationships. You have to be able to really hold it in this like queer space Again, I think that's a good practice for any chart reading from any reader 
is like, you need to be able to hold it without any biases. See what actually speaks to you and then speak about that. And the more we're able to diffuse those general assumptions and kind of just feel into the energy more so. When I read a, a chart, like I'm not looking at Venus as like, oh, that's the your partner or you, right? That's the traditional way of looking at it. It's like, oh, this is gonna be your female partner if you're a man, this is going to be you if you're a woman. I just see it as like, this is how you attract things, right? This is like where you take delight in. Like this is like this receptive part of you. And we all have a Venus and we all have a Mars, right? And that's it's Mars's energy and it's dynamic and it's action oriented, right? Um, and querifying those, those um, other labels and breaking down those assumptions actually lets you get a lot better reading on them because you're not trying to make it work, right? According to our pre-assumptions uh, um, or assumptions, we're just like seeing what's there and it allows it to flow through more, especially if you read um, more so intuitively, um, it allows that message to really flow through a lot more. So you, it makes you have to stay more in the moment and more present with it and really just re like receive a person where they're at and like figure out with them, right? You have a Patreon mm -hmm. and it's called Returning to Nature's Rhythm. Yeah. So what is your, I'm guessing it's an astrology Patreon. Yeah. Because astrology yeah. is about nature's rhythm. So yeah. what are some of the things that you give your patrons? So, um, it's so it's a it's a year-long workshop that we'll be repeating again the next year and i'll be adding to it so that it can theoretically be evergreen um and keep going at the same time um so there there are different tiers and so one of the main things is working with the moon cycles right so i do a guided meditation for every full moon and a guided meditation for every new moon um and then we do a moon integration session and so that is working with, we work with the particular energies that the moon is in. So like we just had a new moon Gemini, right? So we were working with Gemini energy in a very conscious sun, like external way, and Gemini energy in a very internal um, uh, process with the lunar way, right? So that's like one tier, that's the Dream and Tide tier. I have another one where I release like a hypnosis recording every month on top of the moon um, work that we do. And then like the next tier, what I do is I, um, so you get all the moon stuff, you're working with the hypnosis through the month also as its own talisman. Um, and then we, I do three different teachings on, on um, integrating the, the sun sign that we're in. So like for Gemini, what we did is the first week we worked on um, Socratic questioning as a means of becoming your own life coach, like like working through and breaking down assumptions. Um, next week we used um, practices from uh, naming our internal experiences and using word associations to see how they're all interconnected or like how they're interconnected. Um, and then using like mantras and positive affirmations to rewrite scripts and start messages that like were no longer serving us. Uh, and so it, it's three lessons per each sign on practical ways to really integrate um, uses of that sign. And guys, I will definitely link down below to Joshua's Patreon, the Facebook group that's also part of um, the Returning to Nature's Rhythm. 
And people can just jump in whenever, right? I mean, even yeah. though you said it's a year-long workshop, I mean, if they jump in, yeah. let's say, this month, they can just keep going. Because, I mean, every yeah. year is a cycle, right? You just keep going exactly. year after year after year. Well, Joshua, I want to thank you so much for being so open and talking about your methods and this incredible, I think, like you mentioned, a pioneering sort of way of looking at astrology and combining all these different modalities, life coaching and hypnosis, trying mm-hmm. to integrate astrology. Um, and guys, Joshua has been so kind to offer a meditation. Mm-hmm. And what is today's meditation about? Okay, so we're going to work with, well, I love your idea, because you came up with the idea of connecting it to to praying, Um, because I was like, how am I going to, I've done a lot of Gemini meditations this season, I was like, how am I going to do just a pure Gemini meditation, Um, and you threw out the pride idea, and I was like, yes, like, that is freaking fantastic, and so for LGBTQ pride, but also for all, like, allies, and just people who, like, we all need to be able to have this space of like being who we are and, and holding like being able to hold that space for ourselves and create local communities that support us. Right. And have those local healthy connections and shine. So the energies that I'm looking for, for this was the sun in Gemini is, is right there in the last second. Uh, he's moving into cancer here um, in a week or so. We've got Mercury and the Moon right here today on the day of the recording, or both in Cancer, so we can have that nurturing space, right? Um, and then Venus has just entered into Leo, so she can shine and be in delight in her own um, personality and delight in your own uniqueness and just shine in the world. So we're going to be taking a trip with these like energies, right? Um, mainly talking, I think, about the wind and the air of Gemini and the the lunar tide of um, Cancer and the um, the delight that comes from being able to truly like love and express ourselves um, in in Leo. So we'll get we'll get settled. Drink some water. Yes. So I guess drink some water, use the bathroom, <clears throat> all that stuff. Yeah. So if everybody wants to just relax, find a position that you're comfortable in. You can just start off with a few deep breaths. Just feeling your breath enter into your body. Your diaphragm expanding, contracting. Just breathing in this air. Air is the element of Gemini. So we can, with our mind's eye, imagine Gemini winds flowing in through our lungs and exploring our inner realm, our body. And as Gemini is inquisitive, I invite you to just allow your mind's awareness to explore your body and find any points of tension, any points of strain, any points of discomfort, and ask them, What are you holding on to? Why is this part of my body holding on to the stress or the strain? Why is this part of my body holding on to the discomfort? Our body is always trying to send us little messages here and there. These points of strain or stress in our body, these points of tightness, 
they're oftentimes messages. Here today, I invite you to ask what that message is, and it might get told to you through words in a Gemini manner, or it might come up as visualizations or memories or dreams. So ask the body what its story is right now. There's tension in the shoulders of the neck, or there's tension in the upper or lower backs asking why, why are you holding on so tight? And as the body tells your story, just listening here for a moment, so you breathe in and breathe out, allowing yourself to relax. And before the body repeats its story, as bodies and minds are often liable to do, I invite you in your mind's eye to raise your hand and stop the story before it repeats. Thank your body for passing along the message. If it's something you've known, then you can tell your body, I know about this, I'm working on it. Let your body know that you're taking care of it, that you will You'll figure this out. And if it's something revelationary, something new, thank your body and tell it you will figure this out. This is new information and you can thank your body for bringing it to you. And then invite your body to release the tension, to release the strain. You've received the message. You're going to make plans or you already have plans in place to change around what needs to be changed to take care of your body, to nurture and nourish your life. So the stress and the strain, the discomfort can simply be let go. It's just a message like a voicemail or email in your inbox. And now that you've received it, you can press delete. Because here today, I invite you, your mind's awareness to explore more through your body and find any other points of tension, any other points of strain, and listen, listen to their messages, and then release them as a sensation of relaxation flows through you, filling up the spaces where the tension, the strain is melting away. It's relaxation pouring through you, some muscles of your body starting perhaps at the top of your head, simply let go and go loose, allowing your head and your scalp to relax, your neck, your shoulders to relax, your upper and your lower back to relax, your arms, your legs, so we breathe in, this Gemini air and breathe out, making space, making room. Gemini brings us so much information. So much information about the world around us. And if we apply this energy within, so much information about who we are. Here today in your mind's eye. I invite you to 
ride this Gemini wind of breath deep, deep into your body until you find yourself in your mind's awareness in a scene, seen by the ocean here, here, that space, that sacral chakra, a little bit below the navel, the belly. Chakra is seen to be ruled by water, the water element. It is connected to the moon, connected to this cancer energy. In your mind's eye, if you like, you can imagine this ocean rising up to that sacral chakra, that space, just a hand's breadth beneath the navel. You can see yourself there if you like by the ocean waters, the waves coming in and flowing out, the white foam breaking on the shoreline. You can hear the seagulls and feel the breeze, smell the ocean air. You might have entered into this vision during the daytime dawn or dusk, but here and now I invite you to invoke the power of the mind to change perspective, to create and open new opportunities, new doors, and imagine the scene here under full moonlight. Anchoring here this energy right now, this day of the moon of being in Cancer anchored here for this recording so that you can access that energy of the moon being at home, at home in her sign, wherever the moon is, at whatever time, illuminating the ocean waves. Maybe there's a few clouds strewn in the sky reflecting her light, her beauty. Is the breeze, the breeze, this Gemini air brings to you the scent, the ocean and its waves blowing across the water. I invite you here today to imagine in the scene, perhaps yourself, writing a message on the water or speaking into the water, however you choose to express yourself here today, expressing your own self-acceptance, expressing your love for your body and your life, expressing all these aspects related to the moon and this ocean, aspects of the mother nurturing and nourishing you. We all have different relationships with our own mothers, but here within in our inner world, none of that matters. We get to be our own mother, giving us exactly what it is we need, all the love and care that we have to give to nurture and nourish our minds, to nurture and nourish our bodies. Bringing in this energy of the moon and the scene of the moon across the ocean waves, 
this ocean from which they say life originated and came, this first mother. As we breathe in this energy and watch that Gemini breath of air blowing against the water, we can enter into the understanding that we are giving birth to ourselves each and every day. As I invite you in your mind's eye to see beneath the surface of the waters, Venus rising. This is where the ancients say she had her birth. And you can imagine her here today as the Venus of paintings. You can imagine her as a her, you can imagine Venus as a him or a they, whatever represents your ability to delight in the world, your ability to receive and interact with the world, your ability to love in the world, your ability to be connected to others, socially, in the depths of Venus, ascendant and Pisces, the depths of our mind, the depths of our soul and our spirit and our dreams, or in the very real physical spaces that Venus can create with Taurus, and our home environments and the harmony that Venus can bring and the spaces around us. This architect, this being who connects us. Imagining Venus however you choose, rising up now, rising up through the ocean waves, as you give birth to your own ability to delight in your connection with the world, your own ability to delight in your expression in the world. Venus is in Leo, this ability of yours to shine. As I invite you to see Venus rising from the ocean waves, shining brightly like the sun, rising and ascending, rising up through the sacral chakra, up into the solar plexus and up again into the chest, shining out. In ancient astrology, Leo and the sun rule the chest and the heart. Here today, I invite you to anchor this energy, this energy of Venus shining, nurtured and nourished by the moon and the waters and your sacral chakra. Nurtured and nourished by the energy of the moon, which rules over everything feminine in the body and our stomachs. It's a sign of cancer rules over our stomachs as well. And we can get that image of what we bring in to nurture our bodies, to nurture our lives, whether it be physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, we are supported here today. We can just soak in that knowledge that we are connected, we are supported, and we are expressing ourselves 
into our lives, shining here, anchored here, this energy in our chest, in our heart, flowing through us with each beat of the heart, each pulse of our veins. That nurturing energy anchored in our stomachs and in our wombs, real or metaphoric, as we give birth to ourselves each and every day. Breathing in this energy and gathering, gathering all that Gemini has taught us through this previous season and the seasons of our lives to make this decision here today to be you, the fullest expression of you. Shining as we breathe in and we breathe out, and we can feel this energy flowing out from our chest, out from our hearts, through our bodies, down our spine, through our legs, and out through our arms as we breathe ourselves back into the room, anchoring this energy, this energy within our bodies. And if you need, you can stretch your arms a little bit, feeling this energy flowing through your arms and your hands, flowing through your legs and your feet, flowing through your body and radiating out into the room and out into the life around you. Fully connected fully nurtured and nourished, and now shining as we come back into the room. You can open your eyes when you're ready. Just soak it all in. I know for me, I get pretty blissed out when I do these. Um, so I invite you to let yourself just sit with it for a while um, and have this experience. <laughs> and just soak it all in. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Witches and Wine audio experience. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting me on Patreon. You can choose between a few membership tiers. They're super affordable and flexible. Your membership helps me continue making videos, podcasts, articles, lots of different things about all the sweet witchy stuff. Links are in the show notes. Also, don't forget to go on iTunes and give this a five-star rating. Each five-star rating helps rank this podcast higher in searches so that as many witches can find and enjoy these episodes as well. Until next time, this is Chawan. Signing off.